Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. to Money Over 50. Uh, I'm Michael Hogue. Today's topic is career changing later in life with Kathy Boyce. Kathy is a client of mine. This is the first podcast uh, where we've actually had a client on. And what we wanted to talk about today, we see, we see a big shift of, of um, our clients and, and people in general that are making career changes um, later in life. Uh, and, and Kathy has done that recently, so we thought it would be fantastic to get Kathy in to talk today on the podcast uh, to share her story. So um, welcome, Kathy. Thank you. It's fun to be here and, and talk about what I've been doing because it's a crazy ride that I didn't think I was ever going to be doing. If you had asked me five years ago whether I'd be having a career change, that would be something I'd go, no. So, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride and it's been interesting and I'm Excellent. loving it. And why, and why did you say that you, uh, five years ago, you would never have considered this? Is it because of um, the way that uh, you've always been brought up, I guess? Uh, to, to, uh... I guess you had us on a plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, I, I've always worked and we've always, you know, had the end goal in mind and things like that and... and Opportunity wasn't there at the time for me to make the change, but as um, as life throws things at you and you begin to um, look at, at things a little bit differently, um, it, it, the opportunities were there for me to make a change in my own career, but also to help people. And I, I'm very much centred in my professional career about helping people and, and empowering people. I'm in the dental profession, and it the. Opportunities that came along were just way too good to not jump onto. So yes. that's why we had the career change. And, of course, you know, we never do, as you know, we never do anything without, you know, bringing up Hoagie <laughs> and calling into Hoagie and saying, do you think this is a good idea? And I've done that lots of times as I've changed careers and jobs and things like that with you, as minor changes. And this was a fairly big one. And... Um, was great because you could see into the future and you could see that this was a good thing it would keep me employed for a really yes. long time yes that's that's excellent so um for those listening wondering who hoagie is um i'm actually hoagie so michael hoag uh, i get called hoagie and sometimes i don't even answer to michael i, I i'm called hoagie that frequently so <laughs> kathy's referring to me yeah. um, so if you hear uh, her mention Hoagie during the podcast, she's, she's talking about uh, myself. Um, that's that's a that's a, that's an that's an interesting one. So so um, traditionally, most people, um, as you alluded to, Kathy, uh, work towards an end goal. And mm-hmm. just to share um, our side of your story, um, I started working with yourself and your husband David 
in 2011 and we had a little bit longer than than 10 years uh, mm-hmm. to go towards Correct. your um, retirement. So we had about 12 or 13 years. Um, so we're along a, a reasonable way along that continuum now. We are. Uh, so about seven or eight years along that continuum. Um, and and most people have traditionally thought about uh, work as working full-time up until that date of retirement and then entering retirement. So it's very black and white for the traditional thoughts of retirement uh, where it's full-time work up until a point and then it's full-time retirement. Yes. Um, however, um, what we're seeing now is, is a far more grey area of, of work and retirement. Um, we are seeing a lot more people uh, that um, becoming dissatisfied with uh, with not making a difference. So it's really good that you said that that you really it's really important to you to make a difference to to people uh, in their lives. I think uh, I think one of the things that I you know on reflection when you're doing the whole family thing and you're putting your kids through you know high school, university, and mm-hmm. getting married and, and all of that, there is not much freedom to be actually able to make changes because you've committed to the cause. Yes, yes, of <laughs> and, course. Yeah. And once that era is over and you've got a few more years left, uh, I, don't, I don't feel myself ready to retire in three years completely. I really I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I've got projects. I love doing all sorts of things, you know, but I just think that this is the time where I can actually work and and love what I'm doing. And not yes. that I've not loved what I've done, because yes. I have, but it's this is is just a really different way of yes. of um, earning an income and um, and not going to work, so to speak, in inverted commas. Yes. Because I work probably harder now than I did when I was working a nine to five, five days a week job. Yes. But it doesn't seem like work. Yes. I have to actually take breaks i have to force myself to stop yes because you because you enjoy what you do so so much and you've got projects that are going on and you're really (laughs) passionate about the things that you do so look that that's that's really good to hear because i mean there is a saying that if you if you if you love what you do you never work a day in your life Mm. and it it does resonate with myself i I mean i really love uh the difference that uh i make in in my clients lives and 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 um it's really rewarding from, yeah. um, from that point of view. So tell us a little bit about what uh, what you were doing before that in your career uh, to date and, and then um, what you've gone into just okay. recently. So um, I'm, I'm an oral health therapist. You always refer to me as a dental hygienist, but that's only one hat. Okay, So an oral health therapist is a dental hygienist and a, and a dental therapist rolled into one. Um, and so I spent the first 24 years of my life as a dental therapist. Then when we moved to Queensland, I had the opportunity to do the hygiene upgrade through mm-hmm. Queensland Health, so I did that. And then from then I started working in public and private practice at the same time. Um, then a couple of years ago I did my orofacial myology training yeah. and saw an opportunity there for me to be able to continue to work after I had retired from clinical practice. And so, um, because that, that kind of thing really appealed to me, not yes. the, the working in non-clinical, but just having the flexibility to be able to be my own boss 
Yes. So anyway, I um, that's when we, I made the the switch to reduce some of my days at um, Queensland Health at the time, mm. and uh, and dedicate a few days to the oropatient biology business. Yes. And then of course at the same time the discovery of silver fluoride, rediscovery of silver fluoride came along. And that was a product I used to use in the 80s. Yes. And I loved it. And it, oh, it's a long story, but anyway, it, it's now back in production again. And because I had all of that experience, I was able to grab onto that. And then through a series of predestined meetings, I suppose you call them. <laughs> I connected with the guy who invented it, who used to be um, one of the gurus down in Sydney when I was a young graduate and who was my examiner. And yes. then we now teamed up and we run professional development seminars on silver fluoride, the use of silver fluoride. In yes, Australia. sure. And so that is now, I'm, I guess you'd call me on the speaking circuit and I've been doing yes. that now you know, for almost 12 months, and um, um, that's really enjoyable. So, yeah. Excellent. So, so um, the, silver, the silver fluoride uh, side of, of the business, I guess, if we look at you doing two separate things So now. I've got two uh, businesses, yes. Yeah, so I've, I, the Townsville Orofacial Myology Clinic is yeah. the business where I do the orofacial myology. I work clinically yeah. now two days a week as well yeah. for a private dental practice. And then I have had to start a business, had to start a business, isn't that crazy? I had to start a business <laughs> to be able to do all of this, you know, properly. Yes. Um, called Silver Fluoride CPD. Yes. And so I get, uh, I, I speak along with a dental, with, with Graham Craig, Dr. Graham Craig. I speak with him, we run seminars. I do the speaking, he does the organising. Yes. Or else I get contracted by organisations to go... Um, private organisations or um, professional development yes. organisations to to go and speak. So, and with the silver fluoride side of the business, so so you're speaking. Uh, my understanding is you you speak to dental practitioners or, or speak. Uh, generally uh, to to provide them with the correct the yeah. upskilling. I yeah. guess. Or, yeah, or, that's right. Yes. It, it, it's upskilling and education. Um, and because I've been using it well I used it so so long ago and so I had the skills to be able to implement it straight away and the confidence because I knew the history of the product. Yes. And so I was able to then start using it straight away, getting amazing results. So I've yes. got I've got two years of case histories that nobody else has got in Australia because um, I actually got my hands on the product before it was released to the general public. It yes. was it was past the TGA and everything, but because of my relationship with um, Graham Craig, yes, um, I was able to start using it, and it's you know the, the results now two years down the track are just phenomenal. Yes, and that's you know part of what I'm teaching people. But I also I run a little Facebook page as well for cl uh, clients um, yep. and the general public to find out a little bit about it because it, it has revolutionised the way I do clinical practice in, and I'm primarily with children. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's pain-free. Excellent. And, and, you know, it's it's safe and easy and yes. it's lovely. Lovely. So There's a statistic, Cathy, that podcast listeners really love to take care of their teeth. Um, <laughs> I, I'm making that up. I mean, I assume, I assume that. So just just give us a quick um, explanation of the benefits of silver. silver. 
fluoride? And well, for, silver fluoride is is actually something that you use when you haven't been taking care of your teeth, or if your teeth are beginning to break down, or for some reason, you know, that you've got a problem sensitivity or something like that. So when you've got a decayed lesion in your tooth, or, or an area which has um, not quite made the hole, but it is on the way to making the hole that you find on an x-ray, you can put silver fluoride on there. And the silver being an antibacterial will kill the bacteria because decay is a bacterial activity. So when you kill the bacteria, um, then uh, the process stops yes. from that sort of side of things. But then the fluoride part is actually then remineralizes the tooth. Okay. And so you're getting this um, this bacterial kill, but the silver actually is absorbed into the, the weakened part of the tooth, and then it stays in there and it continues to give a bacterial um, kill, I guess. So as, as more bacteria decide to come yes. along, they get killed off as well. Yes. So the bacteria is stopped in its tracks and you get this ongoing um, protection for that area of the tooth and the fluoride that's in that and then comes by way of your toothpaste um, or um, or other applications, yes. then actually remineralizes the tooth. So you get this hardening of the area. And basically that can either then stop the process and then that's it, or it can stop the process and harden up the tooth and then we can come along with our advanced white fillings and, and put that on top. But you are saving tooth structure. So you're not drilling out all the decay, you're killing it, stopping it, just cleaning up. Well, the little kids, I call it the burnt toast because that area actually goes quite black, which yes. indicates black, uh, the indicating the, the arrest of the tooth and, and the killing of the bacteria. Yes. And then we can cover that up. So it, it took me 17 months between when I started using it and when I had to give my first injection to a child to yep. do a filling. That's huge when my whole basis, and at that time I was working full time, it was all children. Yes. And it was 17 months. Yes. So one of the things that kids fear about going to the dentist is needles. And I mean, I give a really nice injection. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I give a good needle. <laughs> but if I don't have to, I don't need to. You don't to. need to, yeah. And, and the sensitivity side is where if the tooth is broken down for reasons that are not decay, it's like yeah. some kids... Um, their teeth come through and they're not formed properly. Yes. They're called um, hypermineralized teeth or, or chalky teeth. Yep. Um, and so when that has broken down, they're highly sensitive. And the just blowing air on it on a child's tooth for them to even eat, they can't eat ice okay. cream, they can't eat on it, you can't blow air on it. Yeah. But this stuff, because the though when something is hypermineralized, it means it hasn't got enough mineral content, yep. so it's weaker. But the pathway for the nerve, uh, from to the nerve for thermal conduction, is yes. very open, and they're very sensitive teeth. It's yes. getting a bit techo, but what happens is the minerals in the silver, and then the stannis that we put on with it, is actually blocks that all up. So those kids can a eat. We can blow air on, and then after a couple of applications, I can actually fill them without them having an injection, which is unheard of yeah that would be unheard of in the traditional i i know that um i I, th I think i can still remember the pain of uh, the injection the drill when i was uh, at the because it's always <laughs> magnified when you tell the story when you're an adult yeah that's right <laughs> uh, 
But it's I, I love the side of fact that you're making a difference in kids' lives. Yes. You know, when kids yeah. can say, you know, oh man, I can eat and it's not sore on those those particular teeth, yes. you know. Um, because sometimes those kids have never known what it's like to not be in pain with those particular yes. kind of teeth. So And so so that side of the business at the moment is is you educating um, dental practitioners. Yes. Uh, around the country at the yes. moment, so around Australia at the moment. Yeah. So you're going to speak in Adelaide. Um, I know you've spoken in Brisbane, I think. You've yeah. spoken at other going different places. Going to Melbourne, places, in Melbourne. three weeks. And um, so you're speaking to to uh, dental practitioners yeah. and that, to, to, to upskill them and educate them about silver fluoride. Whereas the Facebook page is all about it. everything that I'm doing in community speak. Yes. So it's just like little stories about... You know, just for community awareness. Yes. Because the community is not aware yes. of, of this kind of thing. The public um, isn't demanding it. Yes. And they should. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, it's 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 funny you should say that. I mean, I can't remember the last time I tried to educate myself on on teeth health. Um, I go to my dentist and they prescribe whatever they prescribe, yeah. and I and I take that as gospel. Um, so you're trying to lift the awareness from the from the end user point of view as well. Exactly. I mean, oral health is now so connected and, and to systemic health yes. that you can't deny what goes on in your mouth. Yes. Um, the inability to be able to eat affects everything. Mm. Um, just as far as your your nutrition, general nutrition, mm. gets affected, particularly in the elderly. Mm. Um, and if they can retain their teeth, mm. even if, you know, it means that, you know, they don't look all that great, but they've got something that they can use, they're not yes. going to move into the denture phase. Yes. If they don't move into the denture phase, then they're more likely to have a really good diet, which means that their general health is going to keep stable. It, it just goes on and on. So that's where I am at this point in my life. And so it's good. And I'm glad... For all the listeners out there, the, well, the one thing I did tell Hoagie very early in the piece is I made sure he flossed <laughs> because remember that I still remember. I still remember. <laughs> so flossing every day adds six years to your life, listeners. Between two to, se- <laughs> between two to seven years. Sorry, two to seven years. Two to seven years. <laughs> and I said to Hoagie, well, I'm glad you do that because, you know, if I'm going to live a really long time because I look after myself, then I need you to as well. <laughs> so you I, can manage I've, I've multiplied that by three now. I've lost three times a day. I want to live 20, 21 <laughs> years uh, longer than I was ordinarily going to. So. <laughs> no, that's a fantastic. Um, I mean, you can tell from the way that you uh, spoke about silver fluoride how passionate you are. Yes. And, and um, you're at the stage now where... You've really put 24 years into this or longer, haven't you? Like you, you, actually, you, you. actually, it's 40. 40 yeah. years. 40 next year. Well, I graduated yeah. in 1980, yes. which is giving away a lot of secrets. Yes. But I don't feel like I've graduated that long ago. No. no. But, yes, you're right. That preparation in the 80s mm. that I had just because I lived in New South Wales, worked in New South Wales and we had the experience down there, yes. has been able to transfer. Into, and I, I'm, I guess I'm a bit of a go-getter. I took myself to the States. I did a course over there. Yes. And when I was at the course, they sort of said, you know, is anyone using silver fluoride? And I was able to put my hand up and say, yeah, because I am 
using it again. I'm yes. from Australia and we used it in the 80s and what I'm doing over there is exactly what you're doing here but you've got a name for it and I didn't know that. And so it validated everything that they are teaching at that time because yes. I was already doing it and knew I was comfortable with the product. But, you know, the funny thing is they said to me, you need to go back to Australia and talk to this guy called Graham Craig because he's taught us everything that we know. And they said, have you heard of him? And I'm going, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a, so you, you um, so, trained under him, did you say? Or he was your... He, he, he was my examiner. He was your examiner. And he was our preventative dentistry guru when I was training. And so I hopped back on that plane yeah. and then I thought, because, you know, he's not very young because yes. I'm not very young. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I decided that, I, you know, I emailed him and I said, we need to talk. And so basically we haven't stopped talking and who'd have thought that him and I would have teamed up together? You know, like when you talk, you know, when, when you're a nervous yeah. young student being examined, that yes. in, in 40 years' time nearly, you would be teaming up and working together. Yeah. It's crazy. It, crazy. So it, it, it really is a, a small, small world in the, yeah. in the silver, well, especially in, in the, the silver, silver fluoride world. world. It is. So you're in the, you're in yeah. the States and, and they told you um, to... That Graham had been training them, unbeknownst to you at that, at that point in yes, time. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah, which was is really amazing. And of course, along the way, I've developed a, um, a, an approach to using silver fluoride um, for the for the clinicians to be able to use that, so that they can then explain that to their clients and um, and have confidence in in having a correct pathway. Yes. So that's called the Armour approach yep. to carries management, but that is all philanthropic. So I've put a lot of time into that, yes. but that's that's just a philanthropic exercise where clients can cl clinicians, sorry, can get on there, download all the resources to help them use the product effectively. Yes. Um, so that's kind of been interesting and fun. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so. Um, so we'll include we'll include some details about uh, silver fluoride in the show notes of the podcast okay. and the webpage. So we'll we'll um, put down the, your website mm -hmm. at that point in time. Um, and I guess just a quick explanation of the other side of the business. So uh, Townsville Oreo Facial Myology TOFM. It's taken me a long time to pronounce that correctly. Yes. So orofacial myology is basically, I, I, the, the simplest way is face physio. So when you have muscle weaknesses or incorrect habits or perhaps injuries that have occurred or have developed, then the, in an orofacial myology setting that the muscles are retrained. Um, so uh, it, it may be just um, how people swallow, not to get them to swallow, but how to swallow correctly how to chew their food correctly to be able to swallow effectively, um, especially seeing chewing is the first stage of digestion. Yes. Now, if people are missing that stage, um, then their their gut health gets affected as yes. well. Um, and, and habit breaking, so if they've got incorrect habits, like even thumb sucking, yes. um, finger sucking, um, or um, a tongue thrust swallow, that kind of thing. We, we actually, it's called neuroplasticity. Yes. So the brain is then rewired to be able to ex accept the new movements as normal new movements. Yes. It takes about four months yeah, sure. for that to happen. 
Very, very interesting. And you, and you work with the end user there, the patient in this in this particular yes. case, don't you? So you, you're you're actually working with um, children in many cases, I understand, and also some adults too. Yes, correct. To um, help them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so patients can actually be referred by a a provider, yeah. uh, like a, a dental practitioner, medical practitioner, uh, allied health professional, or they can self refer to an, a myologist, and so. They, um, they come along and sort of we assess them. Sometimes I assess the patient and then I have to send them off somewhere first so that I can, you know, like just say they need, they've got, they can't breathe properly through their nose. They've got enlarged tonsils and adenoids and they need to be able to breathe through their nose so that I can teach them how to do everything else yes. because that is optimal breathing. Yep. But if they've got a blockage, well, we have to deal with that first. So that's sort of a pathway. So oftentimes I'm, I'm used as a refer, um, kind of a, not a referral source, but a um, uh, troubleshooting. So we can start working on that. <coughs> and then once they can breathe properly through their nose, then we can get them back and train them how to breathe, train them how to eat and, um, and breathe at the same time. Yes. Because a lot of these, especially little kids, they've never been able to eat and breathe through their nose. So they eat fast, they mm -hmm. eat small amounts, because it's exhausting. Mm. It's like, you know, when you've had a cold mm. and you go to chew and you think, oh, look, that's enough because it's too hard. Mm. That's the life of some children. Yes. Um, they can't sleep properly, they're snoring, um, yep. so their whole quality of life is, is compromised. Growth, yep. um, you know, everything. And so, um, you know, they're, they're, their ability to cope with things gets changed because they're not sleeping properly. It's their mouth breathing, snoring, spending half the night in a semi-awake state. Mm. It's really interesting. And the, the changes in their face after they've had that surgery and we teach them how to breathe properly is just amazing. As far as their eyes, light, not just light up, but they, they actually move up. Yes. You know, like they, they, they're not got that tired, dark look yes. in their eyes. It, they, they boom, healthy. Yeah. I had one mum who, you know, I showed her the before and after photos after we, you know, he had had tonsils and adenoid surgery and then we had mm -hmm. done four months of myotherapy and I showed her the before and after pictures and she goes, oh, my gosh, he looks like he's on crack. <laughs> well, he was on crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, this it is was, a nine-year-old. It was like a mugshot that yeah. you see in um, uh, on on. on on TV or something like that yeah. of someone that's a, a a drug addict that's committed crime. Yeah. It was just, just, so one of, just it's, it's just it's interesting because when you're living with the child, you don't see those subtle changes until yes. you do the before and after photos. Yeah. And and it was still the same child, but yeah. the difference it, the difference was he just looked healthy. Pronounced. Yeah. yeah so. so I can tell that you're really passionate about that side of things as well, yeah. and and that's something that you've built up over many many years, like the knowledge. Um, the knowledge. Of, to be able to apply it to the the actual job, yes, has been built up. There's a lot of psychology in yes. orofacial myology, particularly when you're dealing with children and teenagers. Of course, I can understand that. And yeah. when you've got teenagers who have, just say you've got a teenager who's still sucking their thumb, mm. okay? Well, that's not what you could, could consider normal. Yes. But what happens is that you've got to, there's a reason for that. A, they mm. enjoy it. Two, it settles them down. 
and, and they get comfort from it. But a lot of those kids also know that that's not socially acceptable so that they feel that there's something really wrong mm. and why are they doing that and they can't stop the habit. So helping them confront that, helping them get to, to quit the habit and then guiding them through that next phase of life when they're learning to deal without that is really lovely. Yeah. And when you get the kids who are really committed to it, the outcomes are just phenomenal. Um, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a journey and it's the psychology. I'm glad I'm this old to be able to do that because yes. I've got a lot of experience in that kind of field. I can understand that. from Yeah, and sometimes it takes uh, 30, 40 years of experience in from the psychological point of view yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and how to deal uh, with, with That's right, and because I've, I've, I've raised kids and I've raised teenagers, so yes. I can, you know, and, and I'm a granny age. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm not perceived as somebody who hasn't been there and done that. Yes, yeah. yes, excellent. Um, so switching gears a little bit, and you, you mentioned you're a, a granny age. You are a grandmother. I believe so. Three and a half times. So three and a half times. So, <laughs> so um, uh, changing tack into into talking about flexibility, so work flexibility yeah. and career change. Um, part of the reason that you have made this move is uh, because you're passionate about these two mm. different sides of the business, of course. But when we spoke about it, we also spoke about the flexibility. And being able yes. to pick up and put down, uh, which is a, which is a, um, uh, I guess a theme that we talk to our clients about, in, especially when you are uh, approaching traditional retirement age. Not that you're there yet, um, but being able to pick up work and put down work, and what that means is that if you if you um, want to travel for two or three months at a time. Then you have the ability to do that by by running your own schedule, whereas with a mm. traditional nine to five uh, full time job, uh, five days a week with only four weeks leave each year, you, you aren't able to do that. Um, and and additionally as well, um, part of your part of your new businesses, we we discussed that you could actually manage from abroad, which is a need for you because um, your daughter. Lexi lives in Arizona, doesn't she? And she you have, does. You have grandchildren over there. Yes, so. I've got two. And it doesn't matter how good your Skype and your Viva sessions are. Yes. It's not the same as holding them. And so I, I, I want to be part of their lives. I don't want to be this distant nana, and not at this David, um, mm. who lives, you know, on the other side of the world and we don't get to see them. And, and yes. it's going to be easier for us to get to them than for a family of, well, there are four now and, and maybe later to all pop over and see us. I so, can certainly understand that. I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old and yeah. I would uh, rather suffer water torture or bamboo <laughs> below the fingernails than to put them on a flight from the east coast of Australia to the west coast of America. So um, I can certainly understand that. Yeah. It's, oh, easier well, it's just the cost too. The cost is yeah, there. Yeah, um, the cost is there. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so... You know, it was interesting when I went to the States for a month while um, Lexi had her last baby earlier this year, I was able to organise all my clients, my orofacial myology clients, and we Skyped in. And yes. it was very successful. 
Um, Excellent. You know, so it was, it's, it was seamless. Um, the first time I did it, um, which was 12 months earlier, um, I had a few, oh, it was a learning curve, you know, it was not Skype the thing, but it was just getting yes. everything organised. But now I, you know, I can, I know how to, to organise that side of things and, and set them up that they are ready and all I have to do is, you know, they have a practice run and as far as, you know, we connect yep. before I go to make sure that that, you know, they've got that connection going and then we, um, you know, we can Skype in and, you know, it, for them, it's just a normal appointment. For me, it might be two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. But it provides you the flexibility to actually be yeah. in Arizona with your, your daughter right. and her husband and, and your two grandchildren mm. um, and being able to to continue um, helping people in yeah. Australia and also and um, also you just don't have to be better down in Townsville then, uh, which you would have had to have been if you continued on with a traditional nine to five. Yeah, uh, I mean that's uh, right. I mean, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't date new clients in that realm, but yes, I won't be, I won't be gone for six months and no, you know, that sort of thing. But yes, yeah, I, I liked, um, I liked the plan that you had written down here for me to to travel two to three times a year. <laughs> I thought it was a lot less than that, so I was really happy with that. I must show that. We, Shout out to David. For everyone listening, we had a, we had a bit of a joke before we started the podcast because um, I had written down in the show notes, uh, or I guess the the um, framework of what we were going to talk about, that uh, Kathy wanted to travel two to three times per year from Australia to Arizona, and she laughed because she she said um, that her husband David had believed it was less than that. It was probably <laughs> zero to one. So she's going to take these home and show him and make sure Underline that he listens to, it, yeah. to the podcast. But um, I, I I I think I forgot to put up to uh, up to two to three times per year. Peggy, <laughs> it's in black and white, and I've got the proof right in front of me. So uh, um, it's uh, interestingly that 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 brings up a, a point that I'd like to make. And we spoke at the start of the podcast about the tradition is to work full-time up until age 65 is the traditional age. Um, people then tend to leave full-time work and go to full-time retirement um, from 65 on. Um, what we're seeing is that certainly um, with yourself, Cathy, and some of our other clients and, and, and just... Um, people in general in Australia, we're seeing a push with our clients that are above age 50, now seeking career changes into uh, careers that they're more passionate about, which we can tick the box uh, for you. For yeah. Careers offering more flexibility. Um, so that would, would certainly be the case in your situation. And careers where they can actually batch their work and pick up, put down, uh, yes. work for periods of time as well. So, so one of the trade-offs that we've spoken about there um, and you mentioned before that too that you don't even consider this work, so you're being paid for this, but you don't consider it work because you've you've you're so passionate about it and you enjoy what you're doing. So, I mean, one, one of the trade-offs that we've spoken about, and financial planning is all about trade-offs. It, it's okay, um, we can factor in a, a pay cut, especially now leaving a, a full-time role um, uh, and starting any business, any business owner will know that there is a there is certainly a curve there where you're not making um, profit necessarily at the start, so you're learning things. Yeah, and you're investing, you're reinvesting, you're reinvesting into yourself. The business. So, so even though like my profits 
I tend, I'm, I'm reinvesting into my education or more equipment or more resources. And, and, and even though that doesn't look like it's a profit, I guess that's... It's yes, it's it's reinvestment. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a it's a yeah. It is a, it's a growth reinvestment. So um, yeah, one of the things that we've discussed is that is that you would be prepared to work in your new roles beyond the traditional retirement age because you you do you do like it and it, and yeah. it will offer that flexibility. So from a from a planning point of view, um, uh, we're able to we're able to adapt to that because because um, you will have an income for longer. It won't be as much as a full-time role right. generally, so but I, you'll have it for longer. I guess the, the, the thing is, if, you know, when I get to the semi-retirement age, um, we'd just be drawing down less from, yes. from our superannuation and, and eating the rest. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's correct. I mean, Continuing I mean, to earn. And, and I don't feel like I am ready the thought of me stopping work in four or five years' time does my head in. Yes. Really. Some people just can't wait, but I think I've gotten myself into position and taken opportunities along my career path that means that I have the opportunity to do. I, I, without knowing it, I've yes. worked myself into this position. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I read somewhere the other day, I can't remember the, the, the company, but... Uh, they've become an overnight success and the, the founder of the company said, I've been putting in work for 40 years with this company and suddenly I'm an overnight success. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that resonates with me in your situation. So you've, uh, you've, been, you've been building up this knowledge uh, over your whole career yeah. of 40 years and, then, and suddenly you're, you're able to use it and, and um, to uh, start not one but two businesses out of that, and it, it's really, really you've apprenticed for forty years, haven't you? Like in some of the, some of these, yeah. in, in in your knowledge now, you've apprenticed for forty years, totally, and, you, and, totally. and you're now, you've now um, just come out of your apprenticeship time, and you're you're a tradesperson in these new fields. If we yeah. if we want to use an analogy like that, um, yeah, and I yeah, it's it's that's an interesting concept because I hadn't really. Mm. I mean, I knew that what I had done had worked myself, but I didn't sort of look at it as an apprenticeship. And I think there's a lot of people out there who can actually, if they look at what they've done in their work life and have a little bit of a um, drive, mm. or a lot of drive, you know, yes. <laughs> it depends, because um, can, can, can look at things and, and start thinking like that too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want you to get inundated with people who are ringing up going, hey, <laughs> <laughs> what about we do this? We're, we're really happy for that because uh, the balance of life is, is, is important to us. In fact, it's number one um, here when working with our clients. So um, there's there's opposite ends of the spectrum and one end of the spectrum is is um, not doing anything towards your, your retirement future. The other end is putting everything uh, that you earn into your superannuation, for example, mm-hmm. um, and and not getting the balance right. So that, so neither of those uh, extremes tend to work. So we really we really love to work with uh, our clients and um, and for our clients to come to us with a problem, as in uh, you know an I'm, idea. I'm, I'm not or an idea. I'm I'm not enjoying work. Um, I I would really really love to segue into this. 
this field that um, in your case is is related but but separate um, and and certainly separate uh, uh, when we compare full-time employment with one organization to to running two uh, separate businesses that you can pick up and put down so uh, we're, we're we're really really uh, pleased to talk to people about that because it's all about a, a trade-off and when you break it down and look at the trade-offs that you can make uh, look, there, there's there's generally always an answer that that suits people so um, yeah with yourself and and David uh, the answer is that David will work full-time to 75 now um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, 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 I say that with tongue-in-cheek no not at all um, so uh, yeah you, you're both still on track to to have the retirement that you wanted to and we've, you've put in the hard yard certainly um, uh, over the last eight years mm. that we've been working together and you're on a, uh, a trajectory a trajectory that uh, that certainly has you on track for that so this is really just fine-tuning for the balance of life here yeah. and yeah. and and like you said you, you the, the thought of actually you um, stopping uh, your new fields in four or five years is is something that you don't want to do because you've really only just started after if we if we use the apprenticeship analogy again, like you've, you, you've only just yes. become a tradesperson yeah. after four, <laughs> 40 years of, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. of, of uh, so um, yeah, so certainly, certainly um, good financial planning is all about trade-offs and, and we've found yes. the happy medium here. Uh, we have, and I'm, I'm really glad that we actually started this journey with you uh, without sort of you know, making an advertising for Lighthouse, but it is kind of because we wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this position if we hadn't have been actively seeking to get on track. We knew we yes. needed to. And we had some kind of interesting, we had to find the right fit yes. for us. And, and we did. And, you know, it's been quite a nice journey, an enjoyable journey. Yeah. But it's been really one of those things where um, I wouldn't be able to do this had we not prepared yes yeah so yeah and and i've never been a sort of person that goes to work on a monday and go oh i can't wait till it's friday yes I, you know I, that's not work yes that's torture yes so yes of course my mindset has never been like that so i'm kind of happy to, to keep going fantastic at this point in time and, excellent you know, as long as you keep flossing <laughs> <laughs> i i certainly plan to be around uh, for quite some time kathy so uh yes i i am i am flossing good uh, good <laughs> like i said i've ramped it up to three times a day so. <laughs> Crazy. um so uh look it was fantastic talking to you today kathy um there's uh that's probably enough to i think we've we've reached the point where uh, we've discussed everything, unless there's anything else that you would like to, to say. Um, no. uh, Kathy uh, will be having a podcast very, very shortly yes. as well. So <coughs> if you not to, not that we want to date this podcast, but it, it is uh, July, 2019. If you're listening to this in the future, well into the future, um, Kathy's podcast will already be up and running. So well, you'll be that, able to search for plan. Kathy yes. Boyce. Um, so what, what, yeah, I've already got the name. You have the name? I've got Share, the name. I, please. I'm into it. It's, it's called Beyond Brushing, Optimising Oral Health Outcomes. 
And Fantastic. this is not for clinicians, although they free to listen to it. This is yep. for the general public because um, there is so much information that I've got in my head and so many contacts that yes. I have about, like we were talking about before, how what goes on in your mouth affects the rest of your body, um, even in your sleep and, and, you know, diet and nutrition and posture and breathing and, and, and teeth care. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm going to bring all of that together and be able to, um, to educate the, the public. Fantastic Move name. Um, I think I think the name really sums it up. I mean, you can you can you can hear that beyond brushing name, and I, and I can immediately picture. Um, I can't picture obviously the, the finer details, but I I, I I can only guess that it would be uh, uh, about beyond brushing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And the optimizing oral health outcomes is just one of those things where I think, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, Fantastic. I'm forward to it. Yes, yes. Um, look, certainly, we've loved uh, starting a podcast. It's fantastic getting the the, the formal chance to to um, uh, to talk about certain topics, and uh, and certainly even the chance to talk to you today to, to share your story because we really love to to share people's stories. So, thank you for being our first client as oh, a as uh, on the Money Over Fifty podcast. And um, certainly, uh, uh, we might have to have you back one day. That would be fantastic. I can, I'll, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be, be happy to speak on your podcast. And we can talk about so, the importance of living life. And yes, life that's right. So that sounds great. Um, we'll we'll be sure to include uh, the name of your podcast as well in our in our show notes. Mm-hmm. And that really puts the pressure on you now to get it, it does. started. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> so uh, so. Um, uh, good luck with all of that, Kathy, Thank and you. thanks again for being uh, a guest today on Money Over Fifty. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Money Over Fifty podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.